Hello and welcome back to the Life Textbook Podcast. This is Tommy. This is Rob. And we're here to talk to you about some uh, bank accounts today, due to popular demand, obviously. And it's an important subject, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, today we'll just kind of cover some uh, basic top, uh, you know, kind of what it, each kind of different type of bank account is. Like such as the, the basic checkings account, basic savings account, the tax-free savings account, the RRSP, which for, stands for uh, re- Registered Retirement Savings Plan, and we'll go into a bit about the investment accounts as well. Yeah, and don't forget the RESP. Um, I mean, that's probably, it's also super important. Um, for, yeah, especially for students and people going into university or college. Right, and the, basically the gist for this podcast, just so you know you know where you're putting your money in, uh, you're, so you're not paying any unnecessary fees, and uh, so that your money is being efficient as possible. Yeah, so with that, we're going to get started. So the checkings account is the probably will be your most used account. It is the it is the account that basically allows the most transactions, in that you can make take the most like you can take money out at any frequency you want and put money in as at any frequency you want, and your money in there is pretty accessible. Yeah, and so I guess another word for that would be how liquid your money is. Like in a checkings yeah. account, your money is very liquid. There's no penalty for taking it out. It's uh, it's equivalent to keeping cash in your on your mattress. mattress. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's a lot safer than that. Just so <laughs> just so you guys are aware. <laughs> Definitely don't do that. Right. Um, you know, a checking account, it's it's probably the account that you went to to the bank with when your parents when you were young and they set up one for you. It's literally just so you can hold your money. Uh, you're not probably not going to have any interest on it. Uh, which means your money isn't going to grow while it's in there. It's um it's just there for safekeeping essentially. Yeah. And, and then for students and people in university and college, it's generally free. For, for younger people, it's generally free and there's no annual fee. But as an adult, sometimes they, they impose a fee on it for you to use it with such ease. And oftentimes those, fees can be, uh, those fees can be waived by keeping a certain amount of money in it. That's right. Yeah, and it's, um, it's, it's important that you know like when you do sign up for a, an account like this, um, how many actually debit transactions you are allowed um, with that account because um, you know some accounts uh, like have 25 debit transactions you can have so that means you can literally use your debit card 25 times and then mm-hmm. after, or free sorry free debit transactions and then afterwards uh, they might start char- charging you like a dollar 25 or something whatever the number they pick is uh, for each additional mm-hmm. uh, debit transaction and that can really chew in your money um, pretty quick like it's just a waste of money right and to expand on that a- so the, that's the difference between a debit card and a credit card mm. in that a debit card takes on money that you already have in your account. So you can't overspend more than what you already have and what you only have. So and that's what that's related to what Rob just mentioned about the debit card. Right. And uh, also, you know, if you have a checking account, you can also get checks for it. Yeah. Um, so checks are actually ordered from a bank. So you don't actually just write a random piece of paper. They're not going to validate that. That's ordered from your from the bank that you use, and each checkings account generally comes with a certain amount with every year that you can use and order again to write checks for. But nowadays, with the advent of the internet, like we can, a lot of these uh, payments are made through online payments rather than checks. Mm-hmm. But it's still useful to to keep track of money and how it flows. That's right. Yeah, and uh, like just touching on the online stuff, like. Um, 
you know, like you said, you won't write checks. It seems like you don't write that many checks anymore. Instead, you'll do like direct deposit if you have, you know, mm -hmm. um, if you're getting for a job or, or withdrawal for um, when like rent, you know, usually landlords will set up like a system where they can just withdraw the 500 bucks for rent every month. And uh, um, that's how that kind of works. And the second bank account that we're going to talk about today is the savings account. Yeah, and the savings account is just another safe place you can put your money in um, where as opposed to a checking fee, it can potentially grow, um, albeit, you know, a very small amount. Yeah, so the savings account has uh, what's what's called a return interest, right? Wait, is it interest return? Interest. Whatever. Yeah. So, <laughs> it, yeah, it'll, it, it gives you some money back for keeping money there. So the basis of that is that the banks will actually invest the money that you're keeping with them to make money. And then, you know, to reward you for keeping that money there, they'll give you a percentage of what they earn. Right. And uh, because, you know, the banks are actually using this money for whatever they're doing, um, you generally can't withdraw like as frequently as you would um, a check checking account. Yeah. Right. Um, if you do or, if you know, you do you are you are withdrawing a lot, you will might incur some sort of fees on top of that. Um, yeah. Generally, the, the more higher return savings accounts, they'll require you to keep a certain amount of money in there, like 10,000, 5,000, whatever it is, to, to get rid of the annual fee that they charge. And it, it's noted that the savings account, to take money out of it, sometimes it takes up to a day to actually get the money onto your hands. So it's, it's not, you know, compared to the checkings account, it's a lot harder to do transactions with it. Right. Um, so I guess like why would you have a savings account? Um, you know, if you really don't know what you're going to be doing with your money, um, but you figure you might need it, you know, within like a shorter time frame, like six months or yeah. a year or something, it might not be a bad idea to throw um, to throw your money in there because it's still pretty liquid, but you also getting some interest back, so it's not kind of depreciating like totally against yeah, inflation. Yeah, yeah. And we'll we'll talk about inflation later on, but it's basically your money losing its value as, as time going on, as time goes on. Right, and that's why, you know, uh, to combat that, you invest and grow your money, so that way mm -hmm. you kind of keep the same purchasing power. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is, I guess, the old world equivalent of putting your money into a vault, right? It's there for you, but and then you can just take it out, but you have to make a trip and actually go and get it like that. So it, it's... It's just basically less available, but you can definitely get some returns out of it. That's right. The uh, next account we're going to talk about is the uh, tax-free savings account, or the TFSA. So this is a, a, it's basically a special savings account. As we mentioned earlier, in that the savings account earns you money by putting money into it, right? But that money that you earn from a normal savings account is actually taxed by a government to, as it counts towards your income. So the tax here on a tax-free savings account, hence the name, so there's actually no tax for the returns that you get from it. That's so right. that's the key difference. That's right. And uh, so you might be wondering, like, oh, my God. like, Why um, would anyone use anything else? Yeah, why would anyone use anything else? And the reason why you... I mean, obviously, the reason why people have to have other things other than the TFSA is that there is actually a limit you can put into um, a TFSA. Mm -hmm. um, so the TFSA was built to help people invest, right. but you know we can't just let it go. Like they can't just let it go out of control. So they put a limit on how much each person can put into the account every year. Right. 
for example, this year, I think it was $5,500, $5,500. Last year, it was ten, um, also. I think, think last year was five, $5,500. I'm pretty sure it was the same amount. And then the two years ago, it was 10000 Yeah, so as, as you see, like it changes every year, right? So that's definitely something to pay attention to. And uh, just a side note, you can find that information. Uh, we do on our website have a kind of a breakdown of year by year, how much the contribution mm-hmm. limit was for that year. So the lucky part is you're not limited to that one year. Mm-hmm. So from the year that you turn 18, that'll con- like that'll add up to your total contribution limit. Right. So for example, if you turned 18 yet last year, that means you got the 5,500 of last year and the 5,500 of this year to make up $11,000 that you can contribute to the tax-free savings account. Yeah, and... Um... You know, we say they put a limit on it, and it's a really bad idea to go over this limit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I can't remember the exact numbers, but I think it's for every... Like, for every... for Basically, for every dollar that you put in, the CRA will get up, like, on your case, and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll fine you a hefty amount that yeah. you don't want to pay. Yeah, I can't, like I said, we can't remember the exact number, but it's it's on our website, and it's just, um, they will send you any, they will send you a letter um, if you do actually do go over the contribution limit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you will know, and it's, like, just take our word for it, that's bad. Uh, it's a bad <laughs> idea to do, to do yeah, that. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, the, the thing is, with a tax-free savings account, the returns are generally higher than a normal savings account. So, that, that makes the money even more inaccessible. Although it's still only a few days, but if you need that money in an emergency, the tax-free savings account is not the place to put it. Mm-hmm. So that's more for the checkings account or the sa- normal savings account. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if you're putting your money into tax-free savings account, it's um, I, I, you're basically putting it in for the long haul, like yeah. an extended period of time. Like you shouldn't expect to use that money within at least a year, I would yeah. say. Yeah, and then one thing to clarify is that uh, the contribution and the withdrawal mm. is, yes. is, is a major like kind of feature of, of the savings account. So let's say you have a, a limit of $10,000 and you put in 10000 already and you withdraw 5000 That means you can still put in 5000 more, but not this year. So you can only put it in next year. So And then in addition to what you have for next year. Yeah, that's that's right. Um, so I mean, you know, like as we said before, we don't really give out financial advice here, but generally people like to meet their contribution limits in these accounts because of the awesome benefits that they have. That's for sure. Another account that we're going to talk about is the RRSP, the Registered Retirement Savings Plan, and the RESP, which we'll mention later. So basically, RRSPs uh, reduce your income tax for the payable year in which the contributions are claimed. Um, so that's, that's the kind of, technical like, yeah. explanation of it. But basically, it's it's something that you can also contribute to every year in order to hold off or r- reduce the amount of tax you pay, right? So it's it's kind of designed to help you save for the super long term. For your retirement. <laughs> yeah, for the, for the retirement, basically. So this this plan is kind of designed for that purpose itself right so um, the example we have on the website is pretty good and I'll just kind of repeat it here Um, so let's say you made $100 one year and you decide to put $10 of that into your RRSP so you still pay tax on the $90 um, which you made 
Um, but then when you take that $10 out later on from your RSP, you pay tax on that $10 as your income for that year that you took it out. Yeah. So for example, if you, uh, you know, from for the $90 you're paying for this year and next year you're only making $20 and you take that $10 out, then you'll be, only be charged the tax for the $30, right? The 20 plus the 10. Right. So the the utility for this purpose is that when you're in when you're in retirement, you won't be making any money, and then that ten dollars that you take out will only be taxed as ten dollars. So you know, which is a huge decrease from the amount of tax you, you should be paying if you were to just save it as a hundred hundred dollars, right? Right. So it's you're basically just um, putting money away until you're kind of in a lower tax bracket to then kind of um, avoid, well, not avoid, but just mm -hmm. be smart about how you're taxing your money, I guess. Mm -hmm. I guess is the best way to describe it. And th this kind of account, you know, being super long-term, has generally a lot of terms on it be so that you can't just take it, take the money out anytime you want. Mm -hmm. So I, like, there, there should be, I don't know what it is with specific bank accounts, but they do limit the amount of transactions and limit the amount of, uh, times you can actually take the money out. Yeah, and uh, I mean, once again, not financial advice, but um, what people generally like to do is, you know, uh, max out their contributions to the TFSA and then start um, investing in their RSP. Um, it's kind of like the next best option after your TFSA um, and bef mm -hmm. before you go to a different savings account. But, you know, it's totally up to you for sure. Yeah, so this is definitely saving for the long term. So, um, that'll be part of your financial planning when you're, you know, starting work when you're beyond just a student phase. Mm -hmm. So definitely do talk to some financial advisors about it to actually learn more about it. But mm -hmm. this is just to get this onto your radar to understand how it works. Right. Okay. So let's talk about the RESP. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, full disclosure, I mean, Tommy's knowledge about RESPs probably isn't as strong as uh, the other bank accounts. That's because at this point in our lives that we don't have kids, um, yeah, thankfully. Yeah. I'll say thankfully. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I don't but, have any that I know of. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but anyways, um, it's pretty simple to understand, actually. Um, you know, parents basically set up an RESP for their kids uh, for their education. And uh, basically what how it works is so uh, their parents will put money in and that money will be taxed at their current uh, tax rate. Um, and then when the kid decides basically to take the money out when you're going off to college or whatever, um, the, it, the money is taxed at the ki the kid's tax rate. So, mm -hmm. you know, at this point in their life, the, 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 the child probably is not making bank. Is not, yeah. Uh, unless you're like a super genius code or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But, um, you're probably not making that much money. So the taxes that you'll pay on that money are going to be, uh, very low. Well, yeah. Um, so, and you basically use that money for your education at that point. Mm -hmm. This is another investment technique for to designed to help parents manage uh, like their college funds uh, of their kids, right? Right, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of nice that there's financial instruments for that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So our last topic of the day will be about investment accounts. This is a very big and very wide topic on its own. So we're not going to go into too much detail here, but we're going to mention like the basics of what you need to understand and uh, generally how it works, right? But to, to go dive deeper, like what kind of investments and uh, the types of investments, the returns, the, the, the terms, those are things that are for, a, you know, to be described for a way bigger conversation. 
that you know we'll release the podcast for later on, or you can go on our website to check out. Right. Um, so you know you can actually we talked about the TFSA early, TFSA earlier, and you can actually use that for investing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the banks um, do offer other accounts um, kind of outside TFSAs where you can mm-hmm. uh, invest your money in. So uh, ba- like basically investment accounts are just a place for you to put your money so that you can use it to trade more active uh, investments like stocks or bonds or things like that. And generally banks, um, they w- what's good about some banks is that they offer you a, a portfolio that you can just give money to, to allow other people to invest for you. You know, for example, I use something called a balanced uh, investment portfolio where they kind of balance out different risky options like stocks and then options like uh, mutual funds um, and then use that to make money for the account, right? So, you know, the note about that is the money is very hard to get out because it's tied up in investments. Mm -hmm. In order to move it out, they actually have to sell the investment, you know, sell the stock, sell the mutual fund, and then get the money, and then give it to you. So that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, so you'll generally, um, and sometimes, so uh, you mentioned kind of a investment portfolio, portfolio, portfolio portfolios. There's also uh, like GICs, where it's basically guaranteed um, amount of uh, uh, percent interest you'll get back over like a couple of years. That's um, usually pretty low. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like, but yeah, you know, go ahead. D- different bank, different portfolios have different risks that you can invest in, and you can even you know do your own investing from that account too. So some some uh, banking some investment accounts would act as brokerages. So you can spend a little bit of money to make a trade to buy a certain amount of stock that you believe in, uh, a certain amount of mutual funds or whatever, to to invest it as a self directed investment account. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, so, yeah. Yeah. So if you're putting your money in into these accounts, um, you know, usually you're not you don't you're not going to need it within one, two, maybe even like three years. Mm-hmm. It's just because um, like if you take it out, as Tommy mentioned earlier, you know, it, it's kind of a long process to get out. So they'll they'll probably usually charge you some uh, some hefty fees. Mm-hmm. So you know, before you do this, uh, make sure you're prepared not to have that money or access to that money mm-hmm. for for at least the near future. And investing is a whole nother beast on its own that we have to tackle. So that, that'll definitely come in a later podcast where we'll describe the different types, uh, like the different risks that you incur. Um, yeah, but, you know, yeah. basically the, the takeaway from uh, this kind of section is, you know, there's a lot of different accounts out there. Um, so make sure to do your own research beforehand or, you know, consult with your financial, your professional financial advisor. Mm-hmm. That's it. So... That's going to do it for uh, our podcast on different types of bank accounts. Uh, hopefully, after listening to this, you'll kind of have a better understanding and idea about mm-hmm. where you can put your money in and uh, how to allocate it. Yeah, so th- this is just the basics of the bank account world, I guess. There's so much more out there, but you know, like based on your use and our use, these are the most common, one- common ones that you'll encounter and you'll be in touch with. So... You know, like if you find yourself interested in more, be sure to explore different banks like the Big Five in Canada, which is RBC, TD, uh, what? Scotia. Scotia, BMO, CIBC. CIBC. They all ha- offer very uh, like varying products and they all have similarities and differences. Those are things you have to explore to find what's the best fit for you. 
Right, absolutely. Um, and so if you're curious to know more about it, uh, you can check out more information on our website about the different types of banking accounts. Uh, we have our own article on investing accounts. We touched on that very briefly because it is such a big topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, be sure to check that out. Um, stay tuned for more later on. Yeah, if you want to contact us, uh, lifetextbook at gmail.com, lifetextbook.com. Leave us a, leave us a comment because we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Take it easy. Bye.